0: Shalom and thank you for listening to Bait Zayid Messages. If you enjoy this teaching, consider joining us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. at 465 Lee Highway in Verona, Virginia for our morning Shabbat services. Or watch the service live stream on YouTube, Facebook, or on our website at baitzayid.org slash live. May the Father bless you richly with the hearing of His Word
1: a little bit like Ben, ben Franklin, but uh, these are the ones I remember to bring. So this week's Parsha is uh, Bo. It means, uh, in this context, it's talking about uh, going. God is telling uh, Moses and Aaron to go to Pharaoh, but it also can mean come, right? So I'll tie that in maybe if I remember at the end. But, uh, but yeah, this Parsha talks about Passover, uh, Exodus 10, 1 through 3. And again, I know we've reviewed a lot of this, but it's good just to go over it. And uh, Lois, of course, did an excellent job, really, of outlining a lot of things. Uh, I am not so organized in my mind, so I'll just ramble from one place to another. But uh, we'll get there. Twelve o'clock will come. So. <laughs> but anyway, Exodus 10, uh, 1 through 3, Adonai said to Moshe, Go to Pharaoh, for I have made him and his servants hard-hearted, so that I can demonstrate these signs of mine among them. Uh, uh, I was looking uh, look at several books, as you guys know, that I go through. Karen Pryor's Taste of Torah, which I, I don't know if we have another copy back there, but usually we have a copy. Uh, and, of course, Darren Huckey, 5-Minute Torah, and lots and lots of things are, are neat to go to. But uh, this week, um, some stuff that Karen Pryor was talking about in Taste of Torah stuck out to me. Uh, she makes a connection of the Parsha Bo to the Parsha Lech Lecha back in Genesis when God first called Abraham or Avram. Uh, When the father told Abraham to get yourself out, go, right, Bo. Uh, I think I have a scripture there, Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Now Adonai said to Avram, Get yourself out of your country, away from your kinsmen, and away from your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. So, these encounters with Moses and Abraham, uh, you know, they got me thinking about hearing God and, and doing what he asked, uh, sort of finding our purpose in life. Uh, all of you guys are extraordinary, but, you know, we're kind of still just regular people, right? So, not to take any, diminish anyone's high achievements, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't think any of us have become YouTube sensations yet, right? So, uh, but anyway, maybe, maybe there's time for that. Um, let's see here. But yeah finding our purpose in, in life, what's our mission from God uh, and Abraham you know he did not see his uh his lifetime you know in his lifetime, the complete unfolding of all of God's promises, right I mean, there were just huge, amazing promises. we are part of that promise living, breathing, and walking right now, but Abraham I mean he didn't live it, right? I mean, he lived a portion of it, but he did not see it all. He's not. He, he died, uh, and he only saw up to a point. Um, and Moses, who we're talking about a lot lately, I mean, he had a rocky, a rocky start, uh, you know, the middle two, and then the end. It was all a bit of a mess the whole time. And, um, and he did not make it to the promised land, right? He did not see all these promises carried out in his lifetime. Um, but we wouldn't say, well, Abraham and and Moses, they didn't, they kind of had ordinary lives. They weren't that special. No, they're very special and very extraordinary lives. But I guess my point is, is they, they still didn't see the fullness of what God was doing through them, with them, uh, and uh, and it's okay sometimes to to not have it all sewn up and buttoned up in a nice package. Everything's great. Put a bow on it. Okay, I'm done. It just doesn't generally work out that way. So, and we have Moses and Abraham as an example. So don't be too quick to sum up your life as ordinary and not so great. Uh, and that there's not a great purpose for you or for me. Uh, it may not look like what the world thinks of. It, it may not be to the level of Moses and Abraham, but God does have something for us to do, individually, corporately, and it's a big deal. It's not nothing. Um, uh, but, you know, sometimes we want to kind of force that issue, right? We want to uh, maybe be the YouTube sensation. I'm just using that as an example. But we we say, well, this is a great idea. God, get over here with me. Come on, come bless me what I'm doing. And and maybe God wants you to do that. And maybe he's over in a different field doing something different. And uh, I have to remind myself of this a lot, that I would much rather try to find out what God's doing and then go to where he is Rather than find it, you know, just come up with something creative to do and, and insist that he comes with me, you know, just because it's good doesn't mean that's exactly what the father is wanting to do at that point in time. So, so it's just good to check yourself and say, is this meeting the father or am I trying to drag the father to me to do something? Um, so, you know, so often, and again, this is all myself. Uh, therapy here it's usually about the guy speaking right so uh anyway uh a lot of times we say with our mouths i will go lord i'll do anything or i'll come but a lot of times if we're honest we'd rather just stay right we we kind of we want to just have a a boring life i mean sometimes too much excitement's too much and uh but uh anyway if we're honest sometimes we're we're not as motivated i'm not as i should be but when we do muster up that energy you know again we tend to want to we kind of sometimes go off on a tangent that God's really not asking us to do. Um, Yeah, I just skipped over like two pages of notes, so we'll be on time. (laughs) Let's see here. Bear with me. So, uh, I was looking at some stuff that Paul was saying, and talking about, well, what, you know, sort of the meaning of life. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 30. Now, you together constitute the body of the Messiah, and individually, you're parts of it. We know this scripture pretty well. And God has placed in the Messianic community first emissaries, second prophets, third teachers, then those who work miracles, then those with gifts of healing, those with the ability to help, those skilled in administration and those who speak in various tongues. Not all are emissaries, are they? Not all are prophets, are they? Or teachers, or miracle workers. Not all have gifts of healing. Not all speak in tongues, and not all interpret, do they? So Paul is telling us plainly, God has placed you within your specific abilities. Uh, And in a small congregation, you're going to wear lots of hats, right? Uh, I am not the next Billy Graham. If you don't know that, you're going to know it soon. But that's okay, right? Because what are we doing? We're serving God and we're serving each other, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a high calling, in fact. And, um, and fame is not necessarily part of God's plan. So I'm, I'm really grateful to be a part of this congregation and to, to serve where I can and, and walk out faith with you guys together. And uh, it's really cool. So another uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. It's the very next line. Eagerly seek the better gifts. And I'll show you the best way of all. And uh, I mean, I haven't been to any weddings lately. Uh, and it's not wrong to use scripture in weddings, certainly not. But you know, sometimes it, I don't know if it cheapens it, but you know, it, it's not the whole context of the scripture. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 13:2. I'll just read a little bit of it. I may have the gift of prophecy, I may fathom all mysteries, know all things, have all faith, enough to move mountains, but if I lack love, I am nothing. And Paul goes on and on with great, it's very poetic, I mean, I can totally understand why you'd want that to be part of your wedding. So, uh, But it's, it's not just in the context of wedding, it should touch every uh, aspect of our lives, every relationship, every endeavor that we might undertake. And of course, Yeshua Naturally, he had something to say about love, too. Uh, Matthew 22, 37-39. through 39. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you, at times, along the way, I, I think it's less and less as time goes on, but you kind of think, well, this is a, a new commandment. This is in the New Testament. It must be new, but it's not new at all. Uh, Yeshua is quoting, the Torah, when he's when he's saying this, Deuteronomy six five uh, says, "And you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your resources." And then we look at Leviticus nineteen eighteen. Uh, Don't take vengeance on on or bear a grudge against any of your people. Rather, love your neighbor as yourself. I am Adonai. Uh, again, it's just good to remember. Yes. What Yeshua said is absolutely on point. It, and it absolutely came from the Torah as well. So, uh, let's see. Do we have, what's our next scripture? There we go. Yeah. Rabbi, which of the mitzvot, are the commands, in the Torah is the most important? He told them, You are to love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And... This is the greatest and most important mitzvah. We have a next slide. All of the Torah and the Prophets are dependent on these two mitzvot. Okay, now you're really confusing me. <laughs> That's okay. You're doing much better than I would do, trust me. Um, so, we want to read in context Uh Yeshua did highlight the love for God and for our fellow man is super important uh and it's all easier said than done right it just it's all about love we've been hearing that for years easy well, it is but it isn't but so what are we supposed to do um, you know loving God and loving people uh, and again with the idea of well finding your purpose in life you know it may not tell you whether you're supposed to refinance your loan or make the big move to Nashville, or what have you. It's not that we shouldn't seek God out for that, but you know, I'm not really talking about finding God's will for those very specific things. Uh, it's more of a general uh, idea, and uh, getting back to basics. And again, this is me preaching to myself. Uh, one verse that kind of gives a good overview uh, is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 6. And it's a bit long, but it says, First of all, then, I counsel that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all human beings. So first of all, including kings. uh, That can be difficult to do at times. Sometimes the king is like nails on a chalkboard, but uh, Paul's telling us we need to do it. And all in positions of prominence, uh, so that we may lead quiet and peaceful lives. Does that sound exciting, lead quiet and peaceful lives? Well, the older I get, the more exciting that seems. But Paul's saying, hey, this, this right is, is the goal of faith, or at least one of them, right? Not too exciting. Lead quiet and peaceful lives. Being godly and upright in everything. Uh, this is what God, our Deliverer, regards as good. This is what meets his approval. So your boring life, my boring life, it meets God's approval. It's not ordinary in the sense that it's less than God says hey that's really good keep up the good work right yes seek righteousness love me love your neighbor but a quiet peaceable life uh, and uh, you know just having a nice chill time raising family being part of a community uh, you are making the world a better place and you are in fact an important part of God's kingdom when you do that so again it's good for me to hear that sometimes because sometimes you get in the grind and you think, you know, not so special. But it is. So, the other thing, uh, again, this is maybe tacked on a little bit, but yeah, bow. Bow means go, but bow means come, too. Uh, it reminded me of a, a verse in Revelation. I think I have it. Uh, Judah. Do I have There we go. Uh, the one who is testifying to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen, come, Lord Yeshua. Bo, Yeshua, Bo. So that's the other thing. Uh, this is not, a, I've broken record, but this is not as good as it gets. Uh, we're going to le- lead our quiet, peaceable lives, loving the Lord and loving people. And Yeshua is going to come back, and we're going to be shed of these bodies that get sick. And we're going to be, uh, the, the influence of the enemy, his power will be bound up, and we won't have to, to worry about that. And we'll have fellowship with Yeshua and each other. And it's going to be really nice. So I'm encouraged by it. But in the meantime, things are kind of tough. But hold on, it's going to get better. So I I would like to pray. Father, please uh, help us to find our purpose and our reason, reason for being in you. Not in anything else, but just in you. And help us to keep those two commandments, to love you and to love our neighbor, and help us, Father, to not uh, resent this ordinary life that we have. It's really special, and you've got really special things for us to do, even if it doesn't seem special to the rest of the world. So, Father, thank you for taking such very good care of us, and we love you, and we bless your name. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. And with that, I'll say Shabbat Shalom.
0: Again, thanks for joining us for the I Eat Messages podcast. This podcast is an extension of Bait Zayit Eat. Messianic Congregation, a group of Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, currently meeting in Verona, Virginia. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review, along with a five-star rating, or give us a thumbs up, wherever you're listening from. If you're interested in learning more about the Creator and His Word from a Messianic Jewish perspective, check out our website at Batesie.org for helpful resources and more information. Until next time, Shalom.